Trevor Strunk, Hagelbot on Twitter, and I'm here with uh, Kevin Donnelly. Uh, Kevin, hello. Hello. Hey. Um, the One of the co-developers of... Um, well, I'd like you to describe the game, because I think I think I will... Um, I don't know. Like, I think I will uh, get get it wrong. Um, okay. <laughs> the, ga- the game is called Chaotic Era, and it is really cool looking. It is like uh, it's 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 minimalist, but not in sort of the Kickstarter-y, uh, you know, we made a new wallet sort of way. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's neat. Um, but I'd like I'd like you to tell me a little bit about the game uh, just to start off, because I. I like there seems to be a lot of really and I mean this in the best possible way because it's cool, but there's a lot going on with it. So I'm curious how you would sort of describe it as like a, a project. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a I'm I'm glad you put that on me because it's it is an interesting <laughs> it is an interesting project to describe. So like you said, the game is called Chaotic Era and it, it kind of spurred from uh, me and my co-founder, uh, Gabe of Flaherty Chan. It, it spurred from us kind of going, what would it look like to make a game? that felt like it was played entirely through a computer in like Blade Runner or Alien or something like that. And so that that kind of started how we were thinking about the project. And so from there, the game like to talk about it in more typical, uh, you know, gaming uh, language. It's it's a strategy game in it. You know, you take control of a a ship that's marooned in deep space uh, after Earth and the solar system has collapsed. And you've got to find a planet to set down on and start building and, and defend your outpost from storms and all sorts of other hazards that are, are out there in uh, in space. Um, but the way that we've built it, um, and we can we can talk about this some more as well. But the way we built it was actually just from that initial idea of like, how cool would it be if there was a game that just felt like you were playing one of those interfaces from from Blade Runner or from something like that. And everything kind of spiraled outward from that for us. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I actually I was really interested in that element of your uh, of your design process, because like, you know, one of the I think one of the coolest things about the game itself is is seeing that kind of like Blade Runner. Uh, I, I liked how you also said it's sort of like alien. Like it, it's that it's that very. um I think you posted a few like inspirational shots on your Twitter where like the Alfa Romeo car and like the Soviet personal computing system. Like there's a lot of these like sort of it's not the the kind of like it's not cyberpunk. It's um it's almost more like a kind of like utilitarian sort of uh future, I guess. Yeah. No, lack of it's- it's it's uh, I'm glad you referenced uh, the Twitter actually because that Twitter is just functioned is basically like our our mood board for the past few years, just putting out <laughs> all the things that remind us of chaotic era, um, which like it's, it's, I don't know. They, that, that was part of it, right? It was like when we started, we had that, that vision of like, let's make something like we're playing one of these devices, but there was also this general vibe of all the things that that idea reminded us of, which were like, what are all the, you know, visions of the future that were created before the true digital age, right? Like where were all these analog visions of the future and, and how, how could we bring those together into one package? And so that spans across a ton of stuff. That's like, like you were saying, it's like a lot of Soviet tech design. Um, it's, it's a lot of like, uh, you know, eighties and nineties anime, like obviously ghost in the shell, stuff like that. Um, all these different reference points that we had, because when me and, when me and Gabe actually first, uh, started becoming friends, that was one of the 
early things we bonded on, which was something, you know, super niche, which is we were both realized we were like really obsessed and fixated with interfaces in movies and sci-fi mm. and, and anime and things like that. Like all these like computers and things that don't really exist. Like we, we were yeah. both really into that visually. And so, um, yeah, that's where a lot of it came from. And it's, it's, it's true. It's not, it's not exactly cyberpunk. It kind of is, but it's also more like the, it's, it's like future industrial, I guess. Future industrial is a good way of putting it. And actually like the idea of like an analog future, right? Yeah. Like that's, I, you know, like the, I think what's so appealing about that is it speaks to like a kind of future we can't really imagine anymore because, you know, the actual future we live in has like sort of gone away from those technologies. Mm -hmm. Like you can imagine like, uh, you know, the ship and alien having like a bunch of reel to reel, like magnetic tape machines and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, whereas I mean, we'd know like, okay, well that's, you know, it's not really how the future is going to look. I guess that's how, how it goes. Um, there is something almost nostalgic about that future in a way, which mm -hmm. is a weird sort of paradox. Um, and I mean, there's another, um, I don't know. There's another way of like, I think the, the, the always what I feel is the danger in that is this sort of like um, way of becoming like uh, obsessed with the, uh, the kind of vision of like the orange and tan and, uh, yeah. and, and like uh, beige of that time. And then ignoring sort of like the strange, like, you know, deeply sort of like conflict heavy uh, uh, context that all of those films also uh, try to try to draw in. Mm -hmm. I don't think from what I can tell, I don't think Chaotic Era does that because it's not like, you know, it's not like, uh, you know, you don't just like get there and then, oh, like, you know, you're on a ship that's uh, that's, that's owned by the the Waylo Utono company and like, or like yeah. you're not looking, you're not doing the like tests to, to look for Andro Andro bots or something. Like, it's not like, it's, obviously like you're taking inspiration, but it's not like you're, you're pressing the nostalgia button to ex get uh, exactly. everyone involved. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's, that's like a, it's a tricky line to, to walk. And I think it's something that, I mean, even if you look at the film industry now, it's something that a lot of, uh, all the countless like I don't know what they're calling them, but when they do a reboot, that's kind of a sequel as well. There was some term like the new Ghostbusters movie or whatever, right, where a lot <laughs> of it is just like nostalgia for nostalgia's sake. Yeah, um, someone someone pointed that out with the Ghostbusters thing where like it has that slowed down theme and like everyone's like, oh, what? Oh, yeah, I remember that. that. Like, what, and what's in this? What's in this part? It's almost like this was a comedy. Like, what, yeah, what, what are we doing? <laughs> Yeah, it's so it's it kind of misses to, to that exact point. It misses the uh, the original like entire ethos of the movie. Right. Which like especially I mean, Ghostbusters just go off that analogy, too. It's like the original was this like, you know, blue collar comedy about these guys starting their own business and yada yada. And then when the new movies come out, they're just these like completely different movies that are more about, you know, parroting the same jokes and references and whatever, but missing that, like what actually made it special. And so. When when you're dealing with um, something like this, like we were with Chaotic Era, it's like there's obviously an entire genre of like uh, movies and TV and, and games out there that reference kind of the same things. But I think fall into that trap of just becoming like self referential and aware and just kind of like riffing off existing media that you'd have to know to understand even what's going on kind of thing. But yeah. um, what we've tried to really consciously do is like just set ourselves in the same real world 
references, I think, that inspired those movies. Obviously, those movies, we can't ignore that they exist and we've been watching them and all this stuff. But trying to just set ourselves in that same headspace um, versus just, you know, flat out copying what's already been made. So it's it's definitely yeah. it's it's a tricky spot to get into for sure. Sure. I mean, absolutely. And I think like what makes it even trickier and maybe we can even talk a little bit about uh, the development process is like you're dealing with uh, quite a tricky situation in that you're also doing like an RTS, which has its own uh, kind of long durée of of um, influence. And you're also dealing with a mobile game, which has its own sort of like baggage as well. Mm-hmm. Like You're sort of bringing in a lot of these influences and trying to keep them simply as influences as opposed to sort of like, uh, you know, offhand references that that must be tricky to try and stay kind of like married to your original vision without getting too far out like i I would imagine mission creep is uh is something that you guys are are pretty consistently uh focused on avoiding yeah i mean so i'm really glad you brought up those points about both it being an rts game and being a mobile game and the kind of like like baggage for lack of a better term that 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 brings with it um it's funny because, like I said, when we started it, we basically started the game from like a UI mock. We had this like idea of like, what if the UI looked like this? And some of that UI is so still cool. in the game, but it's like that. And that was like four years ago that we were first uh, starting on this. And um, it started with these UI mocks of like, you know, making these interfaces from these these movies. And at that point, it's like we didn't even know that it was going to be an RTS. We didn't it hadn't even thought about what kind of game we were making. We just kind of were creating these interesting interactions and visuals. And then from there, I've kind of like reverse engineered a game out of it that that we feel like makes sense. And so because of that, um, a lot of the like if we had went into it being like we're making a real time strategy game, we might have ended up with a clone of like, you know, a, a red alert or something like that. And it could have been a totally different game. It could have been more like Starcraft, like in the game, there's no you know, enemy armies that are coming at you and you're not competing with other players. It is like the solo experience. But if we had come into it thinking it was a real-time strategy game from the start, we might have just done the easy thing and just, you know, copied all the amazing RTS games that that have been made before. (laughs) Right. But but because we kind of came into it backwards, we ended up with a totally different kind of game than I think we would have even instinctually made, which is... uh, it's funny. And, and to your point, too, with like the, the fact that it's a mobile game, that was like almost a challenge to ourselves. But like we both love me and Gabe both love playing mobile games. But we felt like there was this, uh, I don't know, like pretty, pretty big gap um, in terms of what people expect from a mobile game uh, and what yeah. you can actually do, because you could do anything. You can do anything like but people feel like a mobile game has to look a certain way and feel a certain way. I feel like, uh, you know, one of the things that I kind of go back to a lot are these, like, um, I I played them a long time ago, so I'm going to forget a lot of the names. But, like, uh, the developer who did the game, uh, 868 Hack, um, I'm going to forget his name as well. Uh, That's really embarrassing. I'm going to have to figure that out. But, um, (laughs) like, these sort of, like, experimental mobile games, but they're not, like, ultimately, they only feel experimental because they are, um, let's see, oh, Michael Bro, um, who does all sorts of really interesting games. Um, but he, uh, you know, like those games are interesting, not because like they're, they're, um, you know, like deeply strange or something. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, you're not, you're not, they're not reimagining games. They're like simply reimagining what you'd expect from a mobile game. They're, they don't have monetization. They yeah. also aren't like kind of like derezzed skins that you get from the main games. They aren't, you know, they aren't, um, 
I guess for lack of a better word, they're not a uh, remixed casino app. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they're not they're either not a remixed casino app and they're also not a um, they're not just like a, a an add on for like an right. existing IP that they want to boost. Right. Right. Like there's there's plenty of mobile games that are like, oh, you know, like this is Final Fantasy seven for the phone. So people will buy it for the PlayStation. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Those games aren't that and your game doesn't seem to be that either. And I think that's like. You know, I said when we when we got on, like, I am, um, I I was so surprised that um, that this was a mobile game because like mobile games just don't usually look like this. Uh, despite liking them, mobile games don't usually look like this. Yeah, it's no, it's totally true, and it, it was just like we realized we play a ton of mobile games. Um, actually, a way of thinking about it is like. Something me and Gabe had talked about this a lot, and it's something you've probably thought about yourself, especially when thinking about like nostalgia. Like, you remember the feeling of going into either like a video store or even like a, a used bookstore or like a record store, and you're crate digging and you get to the back and you find some either a movie or, or a book or, or a record or something yeah. that is just so bizarre and like there was no way of knowing this thing existed. And because this, we're talking about like maybe like a pre internet time, like. You just had no idea this thing existed. You find it and it looks crazy and you check it out and you buy it and whatever. And it's like the most weird, interesting book you've ever read or the most like experimental, bizarre music you've ever listened to. Um, yeah, no, and- totally. I, I, I actually in the in the book I just wrote, like there's I, I include the story because like it, it the best way of expressing that feeling, which is like a weird sort of like tough feeling to express, if yeah. I, you know, for people who didn't live in the pre-internet days, especially. Um but there's, you know, I, the the power metal band or the power metal band, the new metal band, uh, Power Man 5000 had this story. They like they had this like um, very sort of, I don't know, Isaac asimov sort of like uh, very you know ornate intro to their uh, to their record. And I saw an interview with them um, and they said, yeah, you know, we found that in a book. Uh, we found that book in a thrift store and, you know, we lost the book. We've never been able to find another copy. And I was, I was so impressed by this. My dad was like, "Yeah, Trev, they, they're lying. They made that book up." <laughs> but uh, but it, you know. it actually, it, it honestly, it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't yeah, matter exactly. if they made it made it up. The the feeling, it's like such a, it's such a like romantic uh, feeling, and it's something so interesting. And that, yeah, it's true. It's I don't even know how to properly describe it. I don't even know if there's a word for that. But it's like it's, treasure hunting almost. But like yeah. not not for anything that has like monetary value. It's 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 purely like experiential value. Yeah, I, I, that's. Were you going for that with with the game? Like, is yeah. that something that you were trying to evoke? Yeah, like we we actively wanted it to feel like something you found at the back of the app store that you know you download and you're like, what the hell? This is like, it's <laughs> yeah. not. This is not what I expected. This is not how a mobile game normally plays or or uh, is is you know it has like it, there's no loot crates and you can't you know buy like a star wars sponsored skin or something for your character like it's just like this <laughs> totally like like different weird kind of sideways experience um but that's and that's kind of how we, i mean it's how we came into the development process where we kind of entered it not even thinking about let's build a mobile game we were just thinking about let's build something that feels like this you know this experience of these these uh future industrial devices and we from that have kind of made a game out of it um yeah yeah it's it's i don't know it's a really interesting path to have gone down but i I mean i'm glad to hear like honestly hearing you say this stuff and bring these things up 
makes me super happy because this is stuff me and Gabe have like talked about and hoped oh, that glad. people would be able to get from uh, what we've been doing here. Yeah, honestly, like I, I just even looking at the the press kit, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think what what caught, what made me think of um, all this stuff was uh, I don't know, like the the shift between the. I don't know what to call it, like the the vector graphics almost of the mm-hmm. of the flight part where like you're you're sort of flying the ship um, in in chaotic era, and then also the RTS thing, which looks not as retro gamey, but like as it, it looks contemporary, but in a totally sort of like um, off the map kind of way. Right. And the fact that those were coming from the same game really sort of like threw me for a loop. And I think like you know this question of like finding something that's strange or out of one's uh, um, experience or new that like you're you're sort of like god like this isn't nostalgic but it is nostalgic it's it's like it's this discovery yeah i mean that those those two things uh that that like um dichotomy or 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 uh, comparison there like that just like really speaks to that to me yeah i know i'm i'm super glad that that's uh, that's come through cuz like i think a lot of it comes from too that um because we've been working on the game for a really long time like i said we've been working on it for like 4 years at this point Um, And it's we've been inspired in a lot of different ways by like so many different things. Like I was saying earlier, the obvious ones like the movies and and anime and and things like that. But um, even early on, like there was and you brought up Asimov earlier. There was like a Isaac Asimov short story. I think it's called the last question or the final question. I I can't remember the Mm. exact title right now, but um, it was this story. And I remember when we first were starting to think about this, Gabe sent it to me and he's like, read this like the game has to feel like this uh and (laughs) in the story i'm gonna probably screw this up but in the story it's um it basically takes place the story takes place over like millions of years right and it's it's this uh ship with a built-in ai and these people asking the ai like is it possible to reverse uh entropy and the the ai goes "Uh, there's not enough data yet i have to keep collecting and every like ten thousand years the new people that are shepherding this AI in, in a ship are asking it the same question and it never has enough data. Um, <laughs> but, if, but at the end it's like, eventually it's just consumed the entire universe and it finally has enough data and it just, you know, restarts the big bang over again. And um, <laughs> there was kind of this like, it's wonderful. Yeah. It was, it was this combination of like the, the kind of, <sighs> I think it's like how scary space travel actually seems when you start to think about it in any realistic term mixed with like the uh kind of like i don't know it's like this inherent like it's no matter how we progress and no matter how far we develop technology and no matter where we go it's like at the end of the day it's humanity is always kind of doomed because we're doomed by our own kind of limitations as just being humans that are going to die one day right well, and I liked it, yeah. I liked that about the game that like it is a sort of oh humanity's at the, at the edge of crisis. I this is a weird thing to say, especially since you know the show likes to deal with you know contemporary politics and stuff. But like I I actually really appreciated that you didn't focus it on climate change. <laughs> Not that climate change isn't an important issue or you know the the most sort of reliable or realistic version of apocalypse. Mm-hmm. I liked that it was sort of like a, a sort of like celestial collapse in the 28th century like there's something about um depersonalizing it making it like fully allegorical that gets you closer to that really important point that like humanity is in fact just like functionally overcoming its own failure all the time 
Yeah, that's that's uh, yeah. Again, I'm glad you brought that up because it's we intentionally kind of wanted to keep it vague that way because the the point is not necessarily like a climate change point. It's kind of like a the point of the game is a little bit, I guess, bigger than that in a sense where it's like you're saying it's that humanity, the way that we just live and and consume and and expand, it's like it is kind of like self-destructive cycle just right. just no matter what right and so we uh an, another movie actually that inspired us that we both like i, I watched it like three times i think was ad astra which uh, have okay. you seen that one i haven't seen it yet but it's okay. on, my, on my ever extending list it's it's not like i'm not gonna lie it's not like an amazing movie but um it's it's got some really interesting concepts and uh i don't know if i should spoil it or not if you haven't seen it but um, spoilers for well, you can spoil it for me. That's okay. I don't mind spoilers. So okay. spoilers for Ad Astra. If anyone is uh, yeah, is you can this, so yeah, skip ahead skip like ahead. two minutes. Yeah. Um, but basically, like in the movie, Brad Pitt's character, his dad was an astronaut and went missing out on a mission to Saturn or something. And so Brad Pitt is going in search of him because they think they find a signal that he's still out there. Um, and when Brad Pitt gets out there, yeah, there's this whole expectation built up in the movie that his dad is going to discover, have discovered extraterrestrial life and, you know, the secrets of the universe or something like that. But then he gets there to visit his dad and his dad's just kind of gone crazy and there's nobody else out there. And he's realized there's no, nothing else in the universe except for humanity. Mm. Um, and what me and Gabe really were attached to and really got affected by was that idea that like, man, what if there is nothing else out there? What if there's no better earth that we can get to? What if there's no, um, smarter civilization that's going to swoop in and save us. What if it's just like, this is actually the best it gets for humanity. Yeah. And when we start going, okay, well, we'll just go explore the stars and find something else. We're going to get out there and we're just going to be screwed perpetually and <laughs> trying to survive and getting killed and wiped out all over again. Um, because the universe is just this like massive place. And we might just be in this really sweet pocket that happened to be able to sustain like a, uh, you know, intelligent life. So, yeah, um, yeah, that was, that was something we were really like, it's that larger idea, right. And that larger feeling that the, of it's kind of like hopelessness, but that's what we kind of wanted to put at the core of it's the game. More of like, it's it's kind of like a philosophical hopelessness though, where it's not like, you know, it strikes me as, uh, uh you know, different than something like, um, say the hopelessness of, uh, t- to do film again, something like first reformed, right. Where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, the hopelessness leads to a sort of destruction or, self-abnegation or something like that. The hopelessness in this is like so much more like, yeah, um, you know, like maybe, maybe we have to accept a sort of, um, I don't know, solitude. Yeah. Um, a kind of like impossibility or something like that. It's, it's, it's sweet in a certain way or, or sort of like bittersweet, I guess. Um, Yes. There's like, there's almost a comfort in coming to terms with that where it's like, we're not, we're not going to get Star Trek. Right, um, right. We're, we're probably going to get something, you know, <laughs> the complete opposite and much worse in every way. <laughs> but if we come to terms with that, then maybe we can change our path now or maybe we can uh, at least just find some sort of peace in, in that ending. Yeah. So let me ask you a completely irritating question that aligns with this. Um, I, like, <laughs> I'll, I'll warn you, it is it is going to it's a pain of a question. Um, how does the does the gameplay of the game? Does that speak to these themes in any way? Is this sort of something that comes through within sort of like the mechanics of the game as well? 
Yes. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> <That's>, okay. Great. <laughs> not as annoying as it not thought. as good annoying. Game. You're gonna well, hit me and be like, "Well, no, the game." Uh, no, no, no. The game good. has nothing to do with any of this. It's just some. It's just some shit I talk about. <laughs> uh, no, uh, it's it's a, it's a shooter. It's a two. It's a twin yeah. stick. Uh, yeah, it's a, a, a Metroidvania game. No, it's um, <laughs> it's it does. So the actual gameplay, um, which it's funny that we've gotten this far in the conversation without actually talking about the gameplay, but um, it's. Like I said, so you, you basically start off every campaign and you've got this ship. You have, uh, you know, 20 crew members aboard. The energy is declining rapidly and you've got to land on a nearby planet and start getting some energy into your ship just so people can stay alive. That's basically the starting premise of every campaign. Mm-hmm. And so um, each playthrough, we procedurally generate a new universe basically for the the player to explore and kind of like no man's sky where there's just all sorts of different planets with different characteristics that you can choose and you've got to pick uh, one of the closest ones to you that you actually have enough energy to get to to fly to and land on um and so basically once you start the game there's that ticking clock of you're pretty much in crisis mode you're you're running low on energy and if you don't act quickly in the next few seconds everyone's gonna die really fast um and so once you land on the planet the core gameplay is basically two things. One of them is harvesting energy and uh, and keeping your population alive and building more buildings to house more population and those kind of classic, you know, RTS and 4X elements. And then the other component, and this is this is something rooted actually in, in playing a lot of SimCity 2000 when I was when I was a kid. Oh, but cool. yeah, um, we just throw a ton of issues and disasters. And I was going to say, are there yeah, disasters? Is that what you're getting exactly. At? <laughs> that was the, honestly the, the amount of times that I like manually made SimCity 2000 make the like Godzilla <laughs> newt thing like crush the my giant, city. Yeah, the giant I mean, robot. Just so satisfying. <laughs> yeah, the, the giant robot. Um, so there's a lot of stuff like that. There's electrical storms and solar flares and meteor impacts and basically things are constantly kind of going wrong and the player has to you know build shields and weapons technology to try and fight against that and another element that we did just we we kind of as we're going through the development process we're always like oh man wouldn't it be so uh annoying for the player if we introduce this mechanic and we just kind of dig into that idea of like how much harder and, and more challenging the game would be but one of them was we actually um did the math and and calculated for each of the planets what the orbit around their star would be. And because of that, what the heat changes dynamically would be on the planet. And so a lot of the planets are also going between like 200 degrees Celsius and like minus 200 degrees. And if you're in those extreme zones, you know, your buildings are setting on fire and things are collapsing and and et cetera, et cetera. So um, the, the feeling of, I'm you're constantly on the verge of dying and there you're just barely scraping by and there's not a lot of uh, hope out there. But, you know, with a lot of effort, the player can can overcome that stuff and, and hopefully create a stable society. Interesting. That is core to the gameplay like that. That vibe and that feeling is, is totally core to the gameplay. I really like that. Like it's it is a I don't know, like the the idea of, of getting a sort of feeling as something that's core to the gameplay is something that. I mean, so two things. One, it is something that I think mobile games are particularly good at doing, mm-hmm. right? As like as a as a medium, if if we can imagine mobile games as their own like kind of like micro medium within the medium, um, they're just good at conveying a, a mood because they can they can you know there's something about playing it on your phone or or sort of like that kind of intimacy you have with it that um, conveys mood a lot better. In, mm-hmm. in in my opinion, maybe I don't I don't have this worked out, but. Uh, you know, the other thing I think is cool, more worked out, is that, like, this idea of focusing on a mood 
as a sort of um, unifying text or unifying sort of like uh, idea is something that I wish more games did. Mm-hmm. Like I like the idea of you know getting the the you know obviously focusing on everything you know, like the idea of the procedurally generated universe that you work against is a really great gameplay idea from like almost like a I mean more like roguelike than road rogue light sort of approach yeah. where like you just you're just going to get a new thing every time you're not going to bring anything with you yeah um you know I like that a lot from a gameplay perspective but I love that it comes from you know the sense of uh, a future that. Uh, seemed extremely appealing in something like Blade Runner. You know, as as scuzzy as it is, it's also very appealing, but it's also kind of like a future that disappoints. Um, yeah, it's cool. Totally. No, and that's and that's the it's the interesting thing, right? And it's like I said, because we because we kind of built this game backwards in a sense. I think that we were able to succeed at making the vibe and the feeling and that it's not exactly a message, but that core the core feeling uh, we were able to keep it central because everything we were building from gameplay from everything else was informed by that versus the other way around where we didn't right approach it. Like, Oh, we're just going to build a first person shooter. And then maybe it takes place here and maybe we do that. And maybe the enemies are like this. It was instead like, if we want a game that feels like the way that, you know, this Isaac Asimov story or like three body problem or like these other amazing books and movies that we love, like, we want a game that feels that way. Like what are the gameplay mechanics that are going to get us there versus the other way around? That's really, yeah, I like I like that a lot. That's like, uh, that's exactly how I wish more games were developed. So <laughs> super excited. Um, one question then. Um, so you, you've given some books that you're and, and, and text short stories that you're invested in and sort of inspired by, uh, the three body problem makes tons of sense. Um, didn't even didn't even consider that, but of course that, that is absolutely a good a good uh, a good text for it. I'm curious, what games did you did you draw from for this? Yeah, that that's an interesting one. So um, funny enough, like one of the games that early on we and this is not on a vibe level at all. This is purely on a gameplay level, but <laughs> it's it's when we were talking to when we were the heads will know that you're you're involved. Yeah. When we were when we were talking about um mobile games that don't feel like mobile games, one of the ones that me and Gabe both loved was uh this one called Mildly Interesting RTS or Mertz. Okay. Yeah, I know. Um, that yeah, it's like super, super simplified and just those like core mechanics of what an RTS is. And uh but it's super fun and it's super engaging. And we had kind of been looking at that when we were thinking about making something more on the minimalist side. It's like what does a game need at its core to actually be fun? And so that that was one that we were we were really I wouldn't say inspired by, but it, we we looked to quite a bit. And on the same note, like another game that we love that again is is not at all on the same in the same vibe realm, but <laughs> from a gameplay perspective, is great. Yeah. Is Polytopia was one that okay. we we love more from the perspective too of like a mobile game that doesn't just kind of constrain itself to feeling like a mobile game. And I know it's just like a it's like a sieve diet sieve kind of game, but we just loved it for like, wow, this is like a game that was clearly built from thinking about it's going to be a mobile game first and not just trying to like haste a PC game into a into a mobile experience. Um, so really, like the the games that we've been inspired by have actually it's been less on the 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 vibe side and more on the gameplay mechanic side. I'd say like yeah. some some other ones that we've been drawn to are like No Man's Sky, like I mentioned, um, a lot of the same energy in that except maybe it's a little more optimistic uh elite dangerous like a lot of those just like classic like sci-fi uh games Elite dangerous is especially interesting because of like how it kind of toyed with the idea of extraterrestrial life recently but 
Oh, did they recently? Kind of did they recently it. introduce it? I, I haven't been they, following they did closely. Briefly, and I heard no follow up. Like someone yeah. found it, and then like the the devs were like, "Oh, I wonder what that's about." <laughs> never, but like the yeah, like the idea of that being just like an empty. I mean, for lack of a better word, dangerous space, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, that that speaks to the vibe really heavily. Yeah, I yeah. I, I like that. Like, I, I think there's, you know, it's it would be, like, extremely tempting, I would imagine, as a dev to sort of say, like, yeah, like, um, you know, uh, I, I was inspired by, um, you know, like, this classic game or that classic game because it spoke to me this way. But I think, like, you know, the honesty of saying, like, and the honesty of saying, you know, these, these stories – gave sort of heft to our idea and the games themselves are a kind of like a feeling and, and uh, architecture that we put around it. I mean, that's just such yeah. a, such a more compelling way of talking about art in general. And I think a more honest way of talking about games from, you know, my, my own sort of non-creator perspective. No, it's, it's, it's true. And it's actually, it's funny. Cause as I was even trying, like, as you were talking there to think of like more games, but in like, it's funny the fact that I, I almost like struggle with that question of what games were we inspired by, because really the inspirations like I've, like I've been talking about, it's like our inspirations are much more rooted in like books and movies and anime and comics and things like that. Um, and it's almost mm. it's almost like it's almost inconsequential that this is actually has ended up being a game. Like I don't want to not to sound like pretentious or anything, but it's like it's. It was more that we were just we wanted something that just felt this certain way. And a game happens to be the best way to express that yeah. right now. And it's not be, and it's not like we were trying to do like I made the Metroidvania joke earlier, but it's not like we were just trying <laughs> to like make like a oh, we love this classic game. And so we're just making that again, but with different graphics like we, you know, we're more like, wow, this is such a cool topic and interesting space. And we love talking about this shit and we should make something that feels like this. And it just happened that a game was like, you know, the most accessible and interesting thing for us to do just because of, you know, our, our backgrounds and in, in development and stuff like that. Yeah, no, that's great. Like I'm, I'm, I'm super excited to to play this game because I feel like, you know, just to, just to sort of put a pit, just to put a, an end point to this level of this point of discussion. Like, I feel like it's going to be easier to see like the creators as in you and Gabe's hand in this, uh, because you brought those uh, those inspirations there, and I think that's something that I don't know. It, it's it's still exciting to me in games, uh, even if you know more and more we're seeing it, like especially in smaller games where, like, in fact, there are a limited number of creators, <laughs> and like you can sort of find like intention in that way. Um, that's cool. So, uh, is there anything? Um, and we, we we talked earlier uh, of trying to keep this light because we both have children who will uh, <laughs> who will not sleep forever. Is there anything about the game that you feel we didn't touch on? Something that you like desperately would like an audience to hear? Obviously, we'll talk about where you can get it and wishlist it and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But just like from a from a design or play or f- philosophical perspective. No, I, I think honestly, like <laughs> I'm I'm super impressed with all the stuff that you uh, oh, you, you brought you. up here. Like I'm I'm really I'm, I, like I said, it makes me really happy that you've because we put we put a lot of thought into this game, and I know yeah, like. It's clear. Sometimes we we wonder we're like is that obvious is it obvious or does it just people just see this minimalist game and they're just like oh these guys made another minimalist title whatever and so um, I'm super I'm super happy that you you brought up all that stuff because it's it, it's been it's been like I said like four years of our lives we've been working at this passion project and trying to bring all these influences together and I'm I'm just really happy and and kind of like uh, you know it's, it's validating to hear that that comes across. 
and that that people are seeing that in the game. No, absolutely. I think it comes across very clearly and I'm like super excited to see how it feels on actual screen. I'm, I'm going to I'll definitely get it uh, first day. I'll say just before we get to plug so you can tell me where to get it. I think to sort of give that compliment back to you, I I am impressed that you had a worked out answer. And like, I, I feel like <laughs> there's like a lot of people who should have worked out answers to this and don't to like, okay, so you like this aesthetic. Um, you you know, you, you watched Alien and Blade Runner and in your like media stuff, you say you like Alien and Blade Runner. And yet like, so like, what is it about this aesthetic that gives you like something of interest from a um <laughs> from like a um uh you know a gameplay or a philosophical or a design or a thematic stance and i think a lot of people would be like well you know it's just like it's cool yeah <laughs> um and like the fact that you were just like oh well it's like this it's like i think that's like that's the sign i mean that that to me shows that you're like super serious about the work uh just just in and of itself so i think it definitely shows through awesome man no, I'm, I'm super uh super glad to hear that so where can people get uh, – well, obviously people can't get the game but yet, but where can people wishlist the game? Where can people uh, do the most to, to get the word out for you? Yeah, so l- like you mentioned earlier, it is coming to to iOS and to, uh, and to Android um, first. If you want to get on the beta waitlist, um, so we are currently doing a private beta, you can head to www.bobbybobbybobby.com. That is our, 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 so our, our studio is called Bobby technology. I don't think we actually touched on that at all. <laughs> hence that, hence we that, did not. <laughs> that, that URL that I just read out. Um, but you can head to Bobby, Bobby, Bobby.com and you can sign up for the waitlist there. We're releasing invites, uh, on a, on a pretty quick clip these days. And, um, we've got a discord to, to join from there too. Um, but yeah, that, that's the best spot. And then, like I said, it's coming to iOS and Android, um, this year. And, uh, and I mean, if a lot of people play it, we're, we're going to try and get it on more platforms as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm just uh, I'm super, super stoked to uh, to see what happens. Yeah, no, me too. I will uh, be signing up for that beta list. Uh, and I encourage anyone listening to do the same. Well, thank you, Kevin, for being here. I really appreciate it. Um, and please, uh, I'd love to have you back once the once the game's released to talk to talk about it some more. Awesome. I'd be happy to. Right on. Hey, thanks for listening to No Cartridge. If you'd like to support us further, please consider going to patreon.com slash no cartridge or for a one-time donation, paypal.me slash Hegelbon, H-E-G-E-L-B-O-N. It's really, really helpful for all of us to be able to support uh, the many people who make the show, uh, you know, myself included, but also our producers and various co-hosts um, and, and writers and artists. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to like, subscribe, share, any of those things that would let other people get the quality video game analysis that you've grown accustomed to.